I'm Owen Bain with Bain Farm in Comanche, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Kerry Martin. Hello, Texas. It's always great to have you along for another episode of Texas Ag Today. All you got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. In the news today, cold weather is here. Yeah, it's been cold already this winter, but nothing like we're seeing right now. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. The concluding round of Pioneer Crop Production Clinics in the Texas High Plains is coming up. A big focus for the meetings is helping corn farmers get ready for the next season. I'm James Hunt and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. On today's program, we'll go to the South Plains of Texas to find out what producers are doing to keep their cattle warm, watered, and fed during the very cold winter temperatures. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that report on Texas Ag Today. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Extremely mild weather conditions continue for South Texas as producers are getting ready to plant. Those stories and more in today's report. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. It has been cold in many areas of Texas this winter, but it's a lot colder right now. With a polar vortex moving across the country and into Texas, ranchers like Jay Clark with Clark Ranch in Brownwood are buckling down and dealing with Mother Nature. This time last year, we were still destocked from the drought in 22. Um, so we're, we're just continuing to chip away and build the herd back up and thankful for the moisture that we have received and, and the good markets and um, you know, we've had cold weather before, and, you know, that's that's par for the course, you know. Um, but but we're prepared for it, and we'll handle it, and, and hopefully it won't last too long, and uh, we're, we're looking forward to another good spring. Morgan Hodges and her husband have cattle, sheep, and goats in Sterling County, just west of San Angelo. Yes, sir, we're fixing to wean a bunch of lambs. We're going to wait till after the cold snap, but um, just getting ready to deal with colder temperatures. Perryton, Texas, in the northern panhandle, is looking at highs in the single digits with lows below zero. In central Texas, highs this week expected to be around 29 with a low of 12 degrees, while ranchers in the Rio Grande Valley have it much easier to start out this week with highs around 40 and lows near freezing. And speaking of South Texas, researchers have been awarded more than $5.2 million from USDA to study ways to improve onion harvest. 
According to Texas A&M AgriLife Research, the project will address multiple aspects of the southern United States onion harvest system with the goal of improving profitability and ultimately market share for short-day onions by mechanizing harvest. The majority of onions grown in the southern U.S. are short-day onions, meaning they require 10 to 12 hours of daylight to produce bulbs. Short-day onions have traditionally been harvested by hand due to the risk of bruising due to the onion's water content. AgriLife Research's project hopes to mechanize these onion harvests through development and selection cultivars, optimization of production practices, improved harvest systems, and communicating the associated socioeconomic benefits to growers and packers. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Texas Congressman Vincente Gonzalez of Brownsville is introducing a bill aimed at helping farmers and ranchers along the Mexican border. The Southern Border Farmers and Ranchers Protection Act would provide farmers and ranchers with the financial and technical support needed to repair farming and ranching infrastructure and damage to fields along the southern border due to illegal immigration. The concluding round of pioneer crop production clinics in the Texas High Plains is coming up. James Hunt tells us a big focus for the meetings is helping corn farmers get ready for the upcoming season. Going around to some of the producer education meetings, it's been good to hear farmers encouraged by the moisture we've gotten recently, but we're still a long ways from spring planting time, and Rex Brandon of Pioneer Seed says pre-irrigating their fields should remain a consideration for Texas High Plains corn farmers. I think that's our biggest safety holdback for us is to have that full profile so we can bank that moisture during the growing season. Without a doubt, we want a full profile, at least four or five foot of moisture before we plant. Something else corn farmers need to be thinking about is getting their seed orders in. Things are starting to get a little tight, so to have your name on the right hybrid for your acre I would make sure you got that figured out with your sales reps. I caught up with Rex Brandon at the Pioneer Crop Production Clinic in Spearman. There are still three of the Pioneer Clinics left to go. They're coming up Tuesday, January 16th at the First Methodist Activity Center in Plainview, Wednesday, January 17th at the Hereford Civic Center, and Thursday, January 18th at the Carson County Ag Building in Panhandle. Each of those meetings have an 8.30 a.m. start time for registration. A bunch of CEUs and CCAs, as well as an auction training, are available to attendees. And Brandon says farmers can also get a special booklet that provides newly updated information for the 2024 corn season. Every year we make changes on it. We get together with our agronomist team and the territory managers of the region, and we get advice from our sales reps and what they saw in the field. And we kind of put all of the thoughts together and we either make a new article, add to the book or take out of the book, or we change our recommendations on each corn hybrid or any problems we saw. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Cattle producers in the Texas Southern Plains have buckled down for the cold. Tom Nicoletti goes to the Lubbock area for an update. We go to uh, the Lubbock area and catch up with Eddie Griffiths, who is uh, standing by. He is uh, working his cattle up there uh, on the South Plains here in the middle of the winter with high winds and uh, low temperatures. Uh, Eddie, uh, what is the status of the cattle condition up in your area and what type of work are you and other cattle producers undertaking at this time? Well, Tom, I in particular have a cow-calf operation, so right after harvest, we went straight into weaning calves, getting them put on feed and 
try to straighten them out, try to get everything vaccinated and back to where they need to be. And as we deal with the windy weather and, and colder temperatures, we try to ensure that we've got adequate shelter or some kind of windbreak for those cattle to, to keep out of frigid temperatures. For the most part, it's just keeping something out there for them to fill up on and then and then some type of nutrition. Get them by while we put hay out. Busting ice, putting hay out, doctoring sick cattle. That's basically what we're doing right now. What is the feed situation at this point for your livestock? The feed situation currently is better than it was a year ago. Seeing lots of bills moving around and it seems like there's more bills available at a better price than a year ago. A lot of producers up in this area opted into planting some type of grain this summer, whether it be milo, corn. A lot of producers just planted hay grazer out there just to have some type of cover on their uh, cropland. It's nighttime temperatures that are getting down there and five degrees or even below 10 degrees. You've got to really keep an eye on those cattle and, and make sure that you uh, keep them doctored and keep water in front of them. That is South Plains cattle producer Eddie Griffiths. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. South Texas is getting a break from the bitter cold that a lot of Texas is facing right now. Jim Hearn has this update from the Rio Grande Valley. South Texas is enjoying a very mild winter so far. Lows have generally been in the 60s with, well, the daytime highs only reaching upper 70s. Weather pattern remains dry, so the valley really is in need of rain. The valley is now less than a month away from planting time. The first legal planting dates for cotton are February 1st, but before that, Many producers will be planting their corn and milo. Producers have been bedding up and getting pre-plant fertilizer down. Everyone's concerned about the high cost of farm inputs and the lack of a farm bill to help them guide them. The citrus harvest is picking up momentum after the holiday gift season. The fruit is now colored naturally on the tree, so it does not need to be put in the degreening rooms. The valley had about 80% of its pre-2021 crop, and our harvest should run into May. Citrus irrigation crews are again gearing up and staying busy. Fruit will need to be well kept wet until groves stay irrigated at least monthly. Now, the sugarcane and vegetable harvest also continues. The dry weather pattern has really helped the sugarcane harvest push it along. The valley needs some rain to help ease pre-plant irrigation concerns and to give the dry land acreage a little boost going into planting time. For Texas Ag Today, this is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. The National Deer Association has released its annual deer report. I'm Jessica Domel and I'll have some of the highlights coming up on Texas Ag Today. And early pregnancy embryo death is common in beef cattle. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery. 
Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Death of the embryo in early pregnancy is common in beef cattle. Dr. Bob Judd says there's research underway to help decrease this loss. Omega-6 fatty acids have long been touted as essential fatty acids in human health, and these fatty acids are typically derived from vegetables, oils, seeds, and nuts. A team of researchers at Texas A&M has determined these fatty acids could be a management tool in cattle pregnancies, particularly the first 28 days. Dr. Ronaldo Cook and the Animal Science Department will lead the funded project along with scientists from the universities of Georgia, Virginia Tech, and Wisconsin-Madison. Dr. Cook indicated 86% of beef cattle operations are made up of cow-calf systems, and reproductive failure is a limiting factor in success. Most pregnancy losses occur during the first 28 days, which is a real problem in herds that have a 90-day breeding season, as the cows that lose the pregnancy may not cycle in time to get rebred and will not have a calf the entire year. The group found evidence that supplementing beef cows with a lipid-rich source in omega-6 fatty acids during early pregnancy increased pregnancy success. Results were surprising as results that the dairy industry have found that omega-6 fatty acids are detrimental to early pregnancy. So it is going to require further research to determine the reasons for this difference. Omega-6 fatty acids act as an inflammatory and has been fed in beef cattle diets while omega-3 fatty acids are anti-inflammatory but are not routinely fed in cattle. The second study will attempt to determine the correct dosage of omega-6 fatty acids and also determine if omega-3 fatty acids would be helpful. The omega-6 fatty acids fuel the embryo to develop, but too much could lead to decreased pregnancies as in dairy cattle. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The National Deer Association has released their annual deer report. Jessica Domel takes a look at some of the highlights of that report. Texas once again topped the nation in terms of white-tailed deer harvest in 2022. The National Deer Association recently released its annual deer report, which includes valuable data on white-tailed deer and mule deer harvest across the nation. According to the new report, 2.96 million antlered bucks were harvested in the United States in 2022. Of those, 337,000 were taken in Texas. That is down about 16% from the 447,970 bucks that were harvested in Texas in 2021 and the 449,000 that were harvested in Texas in 2020. In 2022, Texas hunters harvested more than 100,000 more deer than the state with the second highest harvest in the nation, Michigan. Looking at the age structure of the bucks harvested in Texas, the deer report indicates that the majority of them, at 72%, were three and a half years old or older. That's well above the national average of 42%, which is the highest percentage nationwide ever reported. Nationally, about 26% of the bucks harvested in 2022 were one and a half years old, tying the lowest national percentage ever recorded. In Texas, only 14% of the bucks harvested in 2022 were one and a half years old. And if you're wondering how the majority of the white-tailed deer were harvested in Texas in 2022, the Deer Association says 89% were harvested by rifle or shotgun, 9 were taken by a bow or crossbow, 
and 1% were taken by muzzleloader. The hunter success rate in Texas in 2022 was 64%. That's third in the nation. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It's time to check the markets. We'll be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle complex headed in different directions on Friday. We ended up closing with live cattle lower, feeder cattle higher. February live cattle down 42 cents, 171.37. The April down 40 at 174.17. June live cattle down 35, 171.62. Feeder cattle headed higher. January feeders up 30 cents, 226.57. March up 30, 227.70, with April feeder cattle up 27 cents at an even 233 a hundred weight. Cash fed cattle trade picked up on Friday afternoon. We sold cattle here in the Southern Plains at 172. That's a buck lower compared to the previous week. In the Northern Plains, we saw sales at 173 to 174 live. 273 dressed. That's one to two dollars lower compared to the previous week. Boxed beef was higher Friday. Choice up 369, 289.58. Select up 208, 272.02. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Sean Geiswhite and his dad Wayne Geiswhite own and operate Gillespie Livestock. They sell sheep and goats on Tuesday. They sell cattle on Wednesday. I spoke with Sean on Wednesday evening at about 9 p.m. after a good long sale. Sean, how was it? Well, we ended up with right at 12.50. Market was sure active. You know, some of those old kind of five-weight deers got to bring, you know, up to $3. I think there was somebody at the top of five that, that uh, brought over $3. And we had some 578-pound steers and one little drag bring up to two ninety-two fifty. I thought that was awful good. You know, some of the six-weight cattle, I guess, bring kind of from two fifty-five up to the top end was right at two seventy. And the heifer mates, you know, some of those five-weight heifers, we had a little jag of uh, black baldy heifer spring 245 that weighed, I think they want to weigh 560. So, okay, we get to the cow market. Boy, sure had a lot of uh, old, thin, shelly cows today. Right. And uh, didn't have any of them real high yielders. Uh, there was a few of them. And, you know, it looked like about taking a little money off cows and bulls. I'm going to call them steady. You know, still some better, higher yielding bulls up to, you know, 125 to 30. Right. So I thought that was still good. But on the cow deal, we, we didn't have any real good cows to, to quote on the market for it. Everything was pretty, pretty thin. Anything? up for next week? No, 
know of a whole lot. You know, we got some weather coming in. Yep. Uh, we'll have to kind of play that by air. It was supposed to be pretty cold on Monday and Tuesday, so sure could slow it down a little, but it looks like the weather after that should be good. They ought to be able to get them out, so if anybody has anything, we will be open and, and uh, sure get them in here. Tell everybody how to contact you, Sean Guys White. You can reach us at 830-997-4394. Thank you, Sean, and thank you, Texas Neighbor, for listening to Walking the Pens here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I've been your host, Larry Marble. My guest was Sean Geiswhite, and you folks have been listening to us right today on Texas Ag Today. Thank you for doing so. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. Where lean hogs finished lower on Friday. February hogs down seventy cents, seventy-one ninety. April down forty-two at seventy-eight sixty-two. Class three milk was narrowly mixed with the January contract down two cents, fifteen seventeen a hundred. February class three milk up eight cents, fifteen ninety-five a hundred weight. Cotton market just dropped a few ticks following Friday's USDA WASDE report. The report showed that the cotton crop is now estimated at 12.4 million bales. That's down about 500,000 compared to last month's estimate. March cotton down 5 points, 81.31. May cotton down 4 at 82.29. New crop December down 8. 79.63. The Wazi report was bearish for the corn market. It confirmed what we've been thinking all along. We definitely had a record corn crop here this past year. The estimation now stands at 15.34 billion bushels. That weighed on corn with March dropping 10 and three quarters, 447 a bushel. September corn down eight and three quarters at 474 and a quarter. Wheat market reacted slightly negative to USDA's report. March Kansas City wheat dropped three quarters, closing at 6.15 and a quarter. March Chicago wheat down seven and three quarters, 5.96 a bushel. In the energy markets, February natural gas up 26 cents, 3.36. February West Texas crude up 77 at 72.79 a barrel. The financial markets were mixed Friday afternoon. The Dow down 106 points, 37,604. The Nasdaq up 5, 14,975, with the S&P up 4, 4,784. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas Agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.